This is Rock Talk with Mitch LaFawn. Mitch LaFawn. Welcome to this episode of Rock Talk with Mitch LaFawn. I, of course, am your host, Mitch LaFawn, on this Mitch Marathon Month Madness. And uh, today it is July 1st, 2019. And why not celebrate with, well, a Canadian artist? And so uh, I bring you Danko Jones. Yes, uh, I first saw Danko open for Guns N' Roses and Sebastian Bach back in, well, I'm trying to think, I guess I must have been 2008. Eight. Anyway, uh, before I get over to Danko, let me just uh, mention last night, uh, June 30th, 2019, I had a chance to see death metal progressive band Voivod at the Montreal Jazz Festival. And uh, well, yeah, I know, right? A, a death metal band at a jazz festival. It certainly was interesting. Uh, halfway through the set, they brought out a five-piece brass quintet and uh, did a did a song which was uh, delightful. In fact, I, I tweeted it out on the at uh, Mitch LaFon Twitter. And, and of course, uh, while you are uh, browsing on the internet, head over to alloudattracks.com forward slash Mitch to pick up your mostly uh, delightful uh, Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon t-shirt. I mean, who, who doesn't want one of those? So they're, they're, they're terrific. Every size available, by the way, and uh, shipping now. So uh, no waiting. But uh, let us get over to... Danko Jones. This interview is one of these that uh, fell through the cracks. It uh, was in the closet. I, I, I did it somewhere around, I guess, March, you know, and uh, his new album out, which was coming out in April, was called is called A Rock Supreme. And so you can go check that out now. But of course, when we did the interview, it was about to come out. So you'll hear some time references that are a little quirky, but... Uh, the the one thing I remember about this interview, and, and I and I don't want to sound all whiny, was I was sick as a dog. There was a, there was a period um, in late winter, early spring, where for about three weeks I was dizzy every day, and I and I don't know if it was about a vertigo, if it was fatigue, or whatever it was, but I, I just remember when Danko phoned, my head was spinning. Uh, you spin me right round, baby, right round. Let me tell you, it was, it was. Anyway, uh, I'm not going to complain, but uh, the interview, I think, uh, turned out uh, great. Um, you know, I'm, I'm old school. You just suck it up, Buttercup, and you just got to do what you got to do, and, and stop moaning. And of course, if you look at the twitters and stuff, you didn't hear me moan about me being dizzy for three weeks. But there was that period. Anyway, that that is why, by the way, I think if you look at a lot of these interviews that have fallen through the cracks here on uh, Mitch Marathon Month, a lot of them are from about March because I just didn't get around to, to, to posting them. And uh, there was also the switch over from being on that one network over to being completely independent. And uh, while I'm independent, please uh, mention, uh, I'm going to mention the Mitch Minute at AOL.com, Mitch Minute at AOL.com. If you have any Rock Talk with Mitch LaFawn uh, jingles to send in, please do. But uh, please remember, they should, in the lyrical content, somehow refer to Rock Talk with Mitch LaFawn. It is not a, an opportunity just to plug a random song or a random bed music. It should it should be Rock Talk with Mitch LaFawn stuff. Um, if you want to support the show, it is also the PayPal address. So if you want to help out and keep this, uh, keep this going. And uh, do me a favor head over to, you know, Apple Podcasts or CastBox or, or um, Spotify or two and subscribe. 
you know, there's a lot of great content that goes out during the show or on the show, and not every rock site has a chance to pick it up. And, and again, I don't blame them because there's a lot of content, but sometimes some of my greatest interviews are being overlooked, and, and, and that's a shame. So you should please subscribe and get all the content. And uh, when, again, and I, and I said this last episode, when uh, Mitch Marathon Munch is done and I'm caught up with all these interviews that were done in February and March, we will go back to a regular schedule of once a week, twice a week. So so bear with me as I, as I plow these out. But uh, anyway, um, let us get over to Canadian Danko Jones on this uh, Canada Day 2019. And uh, the new album is A Rock Supreme. And here is the one, the only, Danko Jones. We are speaking with a Canadian rock survivor, Danko Jones. The new album, of course, is called Rock Supreme, out this April. And if, and if you've been listening, Dance, Dance, Dance is uh, the new single. Of course, there's also Burn in Hell. Uh, both great songs. I am uh, more um, particular to, to Dance, Dance, Dance. Uh, first of all, it reminds me of Rat. And second of all, it's just a fun song. But uh, Danko, pleasure to have you today. Uh, pleasure to be on. Thanks for having me. Talk to me a little bit first about your th- this new album here, um, Rock Supreme, and putting it together with Garth Richardson, who, of course, is Jack Richardson's uh, brother, and he, of course, gave us Alice Cooper. Uh, what's you know? Talk to me about the, the songwriting process for this one and what you were trying to say. Uh, we never try to say anything. Um, it's, we're just trying to write a bunch of good-sounding rock tunes. Um, in the process whether it was with Garth or anyone else, is usually the same. I mean, it's us in our practice space back in Toronto working on, you know, riffs, turning riffs into full songs, and then um, taking them to, this time we took them to Garth Richardson. It was a great experience working with him, and he really helped make the the songs blossom from where we brought them. Uh, And we had a hell of a time, and we just laughed through the whole production, and we came out with the Rock Supreme. It's a, it's a great sounding album. So, uh, talk to me about being around since 1996. You know, we when you get into rock, you think that it's going to be this wonderful roller coaster ride with you know pots of gold waiting for you at the end. Um, what has sort of been the Danko Jones experience? Because I know you've said uh, in print that you were sort of sold a false bill of goods. You looked at Nikki Six, you looked at Gene Simmons, and you thought, yeah, I'm in for that. And then you found out that there was a lot of smoke, mirrors, rats, and snakes along the way. Um, talk to me about your experience in the music business. Well, as much as I'm a heavy metal kid, what tempered all that was when I got into punk rock. And it kind of it kind of uh, grounds you a bit, you know? So even though we did find out that there's lots of rats and snakes in the music industry, as much as we had already heard to experience it firsthand is another thing. And even, even though we did, um, it was our grounding in punk rock that really helped us get through it all. You know, our, our, our world wasn't as shattered as maybe some other bands, um, punk rock is, is, you know, the grounding kind of uh, scene, you know, no one's supposed to be, you know, no one's supposed to think that they're better than anyone else. And so having come up through that scene, we were better able to handle a lot of the disappointments when we did decide to go into a hard rock stream. Um, and yeah, there's, you know, there's all kinds of people you meet <laughs> along the way and, 
And we were a little more innocent, like all bands are when they start out, and you get a little more thicker skin and uh, more calloused skin, and, and uh, you trudge on if, if you want to keep going. That's what we did. That's what you did. And, and, I, and I noticed that you know your book, I've Got Something to Say, is in fact that sort of first line of the Misfits' last caress, which is interesting. Um, so just talk <laughs> to me, right? I mean, that. I'm assuming that's where you got it from. Cause that, that's as soon as I read it, I go, yeah, I've got something to say. Uh, yeah, it was something that I wanted people to, uh, you know, identify with. They've heard that it's this, the opening salvo to the song. But it's, and as much as I am a Glenn Danzig fan, it's also, it kind of encapsulates me. If you know me, I'm kind of a big mouth. <laughs> well, okay, so... Um, so, so, but let's get back to the to the, the to the career. I mean, you've been around since 1996, and here we are in 2019, and, and you've you've reached a level of success. Um, were there times where you where you looked at the career as it was progressing, and you thought, "Wow, I'm not playing an arena yet. I'm not at this level yet, and I I, I just need to pack it in." Were, were there moments of reflection where you just said? Uh, and then where was that sort of turning point where you just said, okay, I'm comfortable being Danko Jones and doing this my way and, and, and at this level, and here we go? Well, after I got over the whole heavy metal kind of come down, my favorite bands, you know, as I got into punk rock and, and noise rock and everything, they played, the biggest bands in that scene played like maybe 400 seaters, like little clubs. So, that's where our heads were at. We just wanted to do that. We, I remember year one of the ba- of our band being in Toronto. The only thing we really wanted to do was tour America, open up for Rocket from the Crypt, and get produced by Doug Easley. That, those were our goals. You know, those were our immediate goals. If we got that and get on like a really cool American indie label, if we got all that, I would have just packed it in and said, "Hey, we did it. <laughs> we 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 did what we set out to do." Um, and then we just kept going longer and longer and, you know, things, you know, you adjust the goalposts, so to speak, as you go on. And we changed our sound. We went from a garage punk rock sound to a full on hard rock sound. And we just decided to do what we did, the kind of music we, we listened to when we were kids, you know, and we lost a lot of people along the way, but we gained a newer crowd and, and, so that's what, that's kind of what we did, you know, and, and we never really, it never affected me when I realized, well, we're never going to be a stadium band because we did pack in clubs, you know, and we were able to tour. We left Toronto and we got into a van and we drove around North America and it was a blast. And then we got to Europe and we did the same thing and even more people came. So you know, you got to be grateful for what happens. And just the fact that I didn't have to go back to my day job and I could still stay in the van and, and tour around was success to me. Yeah. And, and, and the day job, of course, uh, for those who may not know, was working in a porn star in, in Toronto, right? I mean, the, the good old days <laughs> of, of, of working in a porn store. Um, so you know, you've been at this for, for 23 years. You know, you look at new bands coming up. What is sort of their, you know, what would be the advice you would give to them? Because 
you talk about in the in the old days you would get a radio single and that was the greatest moment in in anybody's life but we all know uh, especially in these days radio means absolutely nothing you look at sort of Sirius XM and a lot of the stations are are focused on past you know it's the 80s on 8 and the 90s on 9 and the, the hair nation and it's all about the old stuff what is sort of the the key now for a new band coming through to to get some attention to get noticed to get in that van and and play Europe and and North America I I really don't know I mean we've been at it for so long we have an audience we're trying to always gain you know new new listeners to us I I don't know I do a podcast I'm active on Instagram I guess to be active on social media is, is is one angle of it but you don't necessarily end up getting your music heard another old fashioned way is to just get in the, get in the van and get hit the road and just play. It's tough. I don't, I don't really know. Cause all the streams that allowed for bands to be heard have a lot of them have kind of come and gone. And I'm not really sure. Having said that there's tons of new rock bands out there that are killing it, that are amazing. And it's just a matter of having your ear to the ground. Like, it's always been, I've always had my ear to the ground trying to find the new thing because when I was a kid, when I heard all those bands, you know, for the first time, it was like Christmas, you know, the first time I heard Metallica, the first time I heard Motley Crue, you know, the first time I heard Black Flag, it was, it was a, you know, head twist. So I'm always trying to find the next new band for me to listen to, to, to kind of recapture that feeling. Um, and I can list you like a dozen bands that are brand new out there doing it. That sound amazing, fresh, and they're killing it. If only people would hear them more, there'd be more rock fans. It's not rock. Rock music is an old type of music now, just kind of like how jazz was when I was growing up. Rock has settled into that, into that category and even more so gone underground. You know, as pop music and, and rap music has and EDM have taken over what people consider popular music, rock and roll is just now underground music. It's almost outsider music, and that's, I like that. I, I, I feel affiliated with that. I, I can feel a kinship to that, and I'm proud to now say that I play rock and roll music, this outsider music. I can name you a bunch of bands that play this outsider rock and roll music. Yeah, and I'm going to ask you about that. And and you're very right. You know, uh, people always ask me, Mitch, hey, this you know, Gene Simmons says rock is dead, and it's just like it's like no, rock is <laughs> sort of like the jazz, as you just put it. You know, we had the jazz age in the 20s, and then we moved on to now. You know, it's it's sort of a festival thing, and that's where rock is. It's it's. But Gene Simmons, sorry to cut you off, but yeah. Gene Simmons saying that rock is dead, and that made all the rounds. What people didn't realize is you're talking about a guy who lives in an ivory tower. How does he know what's going on in an underground form of music now? To, to, to consider rock and roll as like a real popular form of music a la Katy Perry alongside Beyonce and Lady Gaga and Coldplay is ridiculous. It's underground music. So up in his ivory tower, when he announces that rock is dead, from his vantage point, he can't see what's underground. So of course rock is dead to people like Gene Simmons. For me, at the bottom of the ivory tower, looking up, it's very much alive. 
And and very much alive for me too. So okay. So you mentioned that you had bands that you could mention, and so why not give them some some love? Let maybe some people will listen to us, and they will go say, "Hey, I heard this band." So we all talk about Greta Van Fleet and blah blah blah. So let's move on from them. Give me like three bands that not only my fans should go listen to, but I should definitely go check out uh, by the time we're done today. Admiral Sir Cloudsley Shovel. From okay. London, England. Okay. They are incredible three-piece band. Uh, they sound like Sir Lord Baltimore, Blue Cheer, uh, Motorhead, all wrapped up in one. They sound like, uh, God, just a, oh, man, I'm drawing a blank as to what other bands they sound like. But if you can, long name, Admiral Sir Cloudsley Shovel They're from London, England. They're on Rise Above Records. Another band from uh, Rome, Italy. Judah, spelled G-U-G-I-U-D-A. They play, you know, uh, I guess the first band that would come to mind would be like Sweet, um, that kind of very, very, very juicy pop rock, just rock and roll. It's, it's, it's great. It's great music. Another band, I believe they're from Wisconsin, Radkey, R-A-D-K-E-Y, another three-piece band. Uh, very misfits influenced. I love it. I love that. Um, <clears throat> Here, I'll throw one out. Why not? Since we're playing, um, yeah, not super old. Only about ten years old. But Imperial State Electric from Sweden. What a great! Oh, I love that band. Right? I mean, that is a great band. And and since I'm a Kiss fan, they on occasion do Kiss covers on their albums and live. So it's a little added bonus for for, for Kiss fans. But yeah, right. Um, yeah, Nikki Anderson. Nikki Anderson on guitar and and vocals is also in a newer rock band called Lucifer, where he plays drums. Yes, and of course he's in the helicopters, as we all know. Um, yeah, Imperial State Electric, a great band. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, th- throughout your career, you of course are a musician, and you do the podcasting, and you do the writing. You've written for all kinds of different, you know, articles for all kinds of different uh, outlets. Um, where do you see yourself going in the future? Do you, do you continue doing sort of these three things, you know, or is there one that gives you more satisfaction? Is there, you know, when you write a song, is that the same thing as writing an article? Is it the same creative energy? Is it the same creative outlet? Is it the same satisfaction? Or, or do you see yourself more of a songwriter who has, has you know, writes articles on this? Sort of where do you see yourself artistically in these different endeavors? Um, I'm just a guy in a band, so I would say more of like music. Um, the, the writing came out, out, out of just sheer boredom in dressing rooms and a lot of hurry up and wait at clubs and I had nothing else to do. And so I just started writing on my laptop and I do have a very similar feeling when I write an article that I think is pretty good that I like that I'm satisfied with and send off to my editors. Um, the same way when we come up with a good song, but still nothing beats writing a song that you know is really, really good, or at least you think so. Uh, Nothing really kind of beats that feeling. Yeah, I know. I, I, I I was talking to Jim Valance the other day and he was uh, relaying a story of how they wrote summer of 69 and just hearing him talk about it sort of makes you giddy because you can just sort of sense the excitement and the, you know, um, 
the Kiss Army and Kiss. Let, let, let me get to that because you, <laughs> you are known as a Kiss fan. I'm known as a Kiss fan. There is all kinds of great stuff going on, but let's start with the End of the Road Tour. It is on right now. What is sort of your take on, on things going on in Kiss World and, and this End of the Road Tour? Do you think it is the end? Do you think it should have been with some of the older members? Just your, your general sort of overview on Kiss. Yeah, I'm very, very outspoken about Kiss, and it's only because... I'm a huge fan. Like sometimes it gets mistaken for me being just like a hater, but it's only because as a huge lifetime kiss fan, I feel like I can't, it's not my fandom isn't blind. I can't just, you know, like every single thing they do. I mean, what kind of, you know, who wants that? Um, so yeah, I'm very outspoken. I think the end of the road three year tour, if I'm not mistaken, is, uh, I, you know, I'm, I wish they have like all the money they need. I, I, I kind of wish that Eric and Tommy took on new personas. I just like new personas in the, in the, you know, history in, in the kiss world. Uh, I'm not really for them taking on Peter and Ace's makeup, but you know, I'm not, a, I'm not the, the leaders of the band. I am team Paul. I think Paul carries himself with the most class out of all of them. Um, I guess there's some crazy infighting between Ace and Gene recently. Yeah, um, <laughs> which is glorious. But well, let me just say one thing about the makeup. And, you know, I agree that maybe they should have changed it, you know, then. But there is identifiable. I mean, you know, uh, just because, for example, the Toronto Maple Leafs get a new hockey player, it, it shouldn't mean that they should change the jerseys. And and I, and I sort of see it that they once you have an identifiable brand and people know those four makeup designs, you know, it's sort of an inconvenient truth that okay, that has to be the face of the band. You know, you you can't just you know put water in a Coke bottle and call it. You know, you, you sort of have to show what the brand is. So, would I have preferred it personally? Sure, but. I can't begrudge it because it just makes sense from the visual and a casual fan and, and a, a guy watching whatever CNN and sees a picture, they don't know who they are. They just see those faces and go, oh, yeah, I recognize that. Well, I would agree with you on that. However, Kiss never stuck to that story when Peter left the band and um, Eric Carr came in as the Fox. So Kiss set the precedent for new members, new makeup. I'm just following what they set. Right. So having, and with the Ankh Warrior too. So that's, that's all I'm saying there. If they're in the makeup era, you know, like Bruce Kulik, he doesn't have to become, you know, the, the Falcon or, or I should say the, <laughs> the puppy the dog. Astronaut or, no, but, but when you think uh, about Martian it, they, man. they did change the makeup <laughs> and it was their most unsuccessful years. I mean, if you look at 82, 83 or 80, you know, 81, 82, they weren't selling anything. It was, it was. It, but so, was it the makeup or was it just their place in time? It was fatigue. Moment, it was you know, fatigue. The, it was fan fatigue. I mean. Yeah. 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 Plus uh, Creatures of the Night is amazing. Oh, a- absolutely glorious. And and by the way, it's funny while, um, 
all this Ace and Gene stuff has been going on. I've been emailing with Vinnie Vincent, and it's been it's been quite uh, an entertaining kind of thing to go. Um, just back to Danko Jones here, and I'll get back to Kiss in a second. You, of course, are going to be. <laughs> I'm going to go back and forth. You, of course, are doing the Megadeth cruise. Uh, or the Mega Cruise, as they have mm-hmm. it branded. Uh, talk to me about that opportunity, because the band, you know, you have had incredible opportunities. I first saw you open up for Guns N' Roses in, I guess it was 2008, right? 2009, 2008? Um, 2010. 2010. Yeah. Oh, that's right, because it, yeah. wasn't, it was at the Montreal Forum. Um, no, uh, Bell Center uh, in 2010. Right. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So... You know, you had that opportunity to open up for this sort of big comeback tour at the time, and you've got now this mega death cruise. So, so talk to me about these opportunities, but particularly being on this mega death cruise, being invited by the mega death camp. That is a nice sort of nod of recognition. Um, talk to me what fans can expect, and what do you think you can expect for being sort of on a boat with fans and playing? Well, we did a boat cruise before in 2014 on the motorboat motorhead cruise. Oh, that's true. And uh, lots of bands that I like were on that as well. This mega mega cruise, mega death cruise, the mega cruise, it looks like it's going to be amazing. It, it, it's uh, a lot of bands that I'm a fan of, and we're going to set sail together out there. And I can't wait to, uh, as a fan, to just watch some of these bands like Armored Saint metal church so it's going to be fun oh it's going to be great um where do we go from here i know you've got some touring coming up in the u.s but what are sort of the plans moving forward in you know once the album comes out in april what sort of the summer schedule for for danko well our summer is is a lot of festivals in europe um they're being um uh, announced kind of weekly um, so that's, that's going to take up, uh, of the three months, June, July, August, we're going to do, um, some more North American dates in the fall. And then we're going to end the year off with, a, a major city European tour, if I'm not mistaken. So there's a lot of touring, uh, this year once gonna, the album comes out. Yeah, it's going to be great. So, and then let me talk to you about, about making albums in the sense that, how important is it to put together a cohesive piece with 10, 11, 12 tracks? Uh, is that something that is still important in today's marketplace? Or can you sort of just rely on making sort of a three-song EP or put out a single? Is it still important to have an album? You know, yeah, this is a discussion that, I mean, I've had. I can't, can't lie. We've, we've talked about stuff like that. But for me, personally speaking, I, I, I need to, in order to get, like, get, get my, my teeth into it, it's got to be an album. We've got to be working on a real album. It's just, I'm, I'm just, uh, if you want to call me old school that way, because I guess like two minutes ago it became old school, but up until like, I don't know, even this record, it, you work on a record. You, you finish that whole record and then you, you call the singles from, whatever the record is. Um, I guess some bands are just working on EPs or, or singles and, and throw away cuts and, and, and releasing them that way. But for me, rock and roll has always been album oriented. So that's how I get to know a band from the album itself. And even though 
you know, there's some albums by bands I'm fans of where a lot of the cuts were throwaways. It still never made me any less of a fan of them. Right. Um, so I come from that tradition and for our band, I would like it to continue. However, you know, if the industry moves in a certain direction, there's no way you can fight it. Like there's, there's just no way people could keep, you know, record stores open the way they used to be open. And there is no way that bands who signed with record companies could, you know, have all the money they needed to, you know, promote the record like they used to. I mean, it's just time and technology move on. And if that happened, you know, I guess we'd have to change our ways. But personally, I, I like an album. Do you approach the the songwriting process and the songs as eleven individual songs, and, and they're you know with single potential, or do you see the eleven songs all having to work together where there needs to be an ebb and flow? There has to be the fast one and the slow one and the this. Is, is it one piece or is it eleven singular pieces just stuck together? Well, yeah, I um, both. I mean, we we uh, we like. We, we work on each song. The way we write songs, we're not thinking about writing a hit song. It's only af- the aftermath and seeing, okay, w- w- which one is has most single potential for people. And I don't pick them usually because I'm always wrong. I always pick, the, my favorite songs are never picked as single. So I've given up long, years and years ago. I, I'm out of that discussion. I never really partake in it. That's for other people to decide. Right. Um, so for me, each song is, is its own. And then we put them all together. But when, yes, you're right. When coming up with the album, sometimes it is like, yeah, we've got like yeah, three fast ones, man. We need, we need a mid-tempo one. So we'll go in and we'll kind of, if we can, then we'll try. If we can't, then we just keep going. You know? <laughs> oh, how four some... fast ones, right? Well, whoever came yeah. up with whoever came up with dance, 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 and thought that would that should be released as as a tease, uh, brilliant because it's it's a fun song. There you go. Another another thing where I, I, when they brought that up, I I said really. <laughs> so I'm I'm the last guy. Yeah. I always I, I have I'm very particular with songs and I love that song. But um, yeah, it's it's just I'm just never right. You should just go to the back of the bus and let 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 whoever let the drummer decide for from now on. Um, <laughs> uh, for the podcast, you have of course your own podcast. It it, it is doing quite well. Uh, talk to me about getting into that and and what is sort of the hope for the podcast? Is it just to have this avenue to every so often get out there and share some stories and share some some jokes or whatever? Or is there this this other sort of I want to grow it into the next big thing and I want to be a whatever. I, I want to take over radio. What What's sort of the podcast? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, no, not at all. I've been doing this podcast since 2011. So I've been doing it for eight years now. And if I had any aspirations to, to you know, <clears throat> segue into some other career, radio or otherwise, I, I would have done it a long time ago. No, it's, again, like the writing, it was a chance for me to kill some time, busy myself when there's a lot of downtime. And to be honest with you, in all honesty, be a little more social than I was because I have a tendency to just be a hermit. 
um, on the road and off the road. I, I don't really socialize too much outside of our circle of, you know, band and crew. Uh, so you got me a chance to catch up with friends and bands or friends at home even. Um, and since then, in the last eight years, I've, I've had, you know, wonderful experiences doing the podcast with people I would never have met or talked to if it wasn't the excuse to do the podcast. So I, I'm glad that it's around, you know, and I, I do it at my own pace, usually once every two weeks. I know people have told me, oh, you got to do it more often for more listeners. You know, you lose listeners if it's not regular. And I don't care. <laughs> I do it for me and I do it when I can. So, you know, every two weeks, that's what I adhere to as best as possible, schedule permitting. And it's with people that I have a connection with, whether it's that I'm a fan of theirs or we're friends or both, I'll have them on. Um, and then we can talk and it's just a discussion because I'm genuinely interested in that person. Yeah. And, and, and I've been told the same thing. You got, you got to do it more often. Keep it going. Um, yeah. You know, from the, from the podcasting p position, and, and I've heard your show, and you've done interviews, and they sound great. You did one with Duff uh, McKagan. I'm trying to think when that was. Uh, was that recently? I've done it, it, yeah, bunch twice. He's twice. been on the podcast twice, yeah. Sounded great. Duff's, uh, we've got to love Duff. Um, are you comfortable, though, because you just said you're a hermit, are you comfortable on the other side, like today, being the interview subject, or is that something that, that sort of is a little more... Uh, challenging for you with the, that, that tendency to be a hermit? No, I, I do enjoy it only if the interview is with someone who, uh, you know, at least in this day and age where, you know, Wikipedia is at, a, at your fingertips, where they know what they're talking about. And uh, obviously this interview is going, I, I, I'm enjoying it um, because y you know your stuff. So you'd be surprised how many people schedule, go Go to. Oh, I'm not you know, surprised. I, I know exactly. I, I was. <laughs> yeah, they, we go so far as to schedule an interview together. It's enough time to do a Wikipedia search on me. I, I'm not asking you to, to be my, my fan. I'm just asking you to just read up on who you're talking to, whether it's me or, or any person. And, and so a lot of it is just very shallow and there's no depth to the interviews. And, and uh, it's fine, but sometimes if there's a, there's a weird, odd question, I, I'll react. Um, if I already know that they didn't do any effort or research into the interview, cause that's what I, I do, you know, being on the other side. Well, I hope there was some depth today. I mean, I, I did have a, a, a Oh yeah, absolutely. It's, this is great. I, I had a, a longer arc in terms of the kiss world but i but i moved on from it but it's but it's just funny because you're very right you know there was i was um backstage with brian adams the other day and the the local radio station came in and they had a 20-minute interview set up and uh, as they were setting up the cameras the the presenter came over to me and they said well what should i ask him and i'm like your interview starting in three minutes and you have no clue wow. like like it's brian adams and and, and I, I don't in fact I don't care if it's Danko Jones or Brian Adams. You owe it the respect of putting in the work. Yeah. And, and, and you know. That's what I feel, too, yeah. I think it's important to put in the – listen, my, like you, I would imagine, there are times when you interview people that you may not be very familiar with. You may not even like their music. But that 
but it should never be about you because the fan tuning in. See, the fan tuning in today is not here to listen to Mitch. He's here to listen to Danko because he's a fan of Danko's. And I owe them the respect to say, here's, you know, I, I did the best I could. At least I, I look stuff. But you know what? You know, I like Danko. That, I'm telling you, that Dance 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 song, I've been listening to it all day. It is fantastic. Oh, cool. Thanks, man. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. And I love your take on, on all the Kiss stuff. And and hopefully uh, the Kiss uh, thing will end um, appropriately and all this nonsense that is going on or has gone on in the media um, recently with wives of, of former guitar players throwing mud will give way to reason and sanity <laughs> but isn't the end of the road tour kicking off today or tomorrow or something well we, yes when we're recording it is but uh, <laughs> by the time this airs it'll be three weeks old but yeah right so it, it just kind of makes sense that they need to be in the news on any level so there's uh, there's some sort of calculation i would say on someone's part there Oh, it's absolutely like, I mean, you, you said it yourself. You, you wrote that article where you talked about uh, smoke and mirrors and stuff. It is all smoke and mirrors. So, um, you know, when, when Kiss comes out and there's a little bit of incident or a little bit of whatever that, that's been going on, it really is to get people talking about it and interested about, you know, it, it's about buzz. Everything is about buzz. The Danko Jones podcast is about buzz. The Mitch Lafon podcast is about buzz. Your album, and let's mention it again, Rock Supreme, it's about buzz. And, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, sometimes it's positive, sometimes it's negative, but as long as there's buzz, everybody's yep. happy. You're right. And, uh, yep. and anyway, I, I wish you all the best on, uh, on Rock Supreme. Uh, I've only had a chance to hear two tracks from it for now, and I've loved both. And uh, hopefully by the time it comes out in April, my listeners will go check it out because it is uh, honest rock and roll. I mean, is that is that a fair description, honest rock and roll? Yeah, it's made by people who want to play only hard rock music. So I would say, yes, it is. And uh, I'll, I'll finish on this. Will you be in Montreal at any time soon? We hope to be absolutely this year, if if possible. Um, yeah, I I don't know offhand our schedule for the entire year, but hopefully we will be. We should be. We're overdue for a Montreal show. I really, yeah, I I would love to see a, a Montreal show, and I'd I'd actually love to see you at something like Heavy Montreal, where you could get a chance to be in front of fifteen or twenty thousand people and just say, hey, this is what we've got. And hope you enjoy it. And, and you know, uh, Danko, an absolute pleasure. And um, it always, uh, it's been fun. Thanks, Mitch. Thanks a lot. It's, it's great to be on, on the show. Yeah. And uh, it, we, I will have it up in a, in a couple of weeks. And um, yeah, it'll, it'll be good. And I'll send it out to all the media, to, to all the different, uh, you know, blabbermouths and stuff like that. And Oh, yeah. cool. All right, cool. Yeah, I, 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 know of your, I know of your show for quite a while. So it's good to be on it. You're listening to Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Rock Talk. 